The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. You're tuned in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Guiding your gridiron journey, none other than your host, former NFL lineman, Ross Tucker. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker football podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday. What does that mean? That means class is in session with Professor Greg Cosell from NFL Films University since, I can't remember if it's 1979 or 1978, but literally the 70s. This guy has been working at NFL Films, incredible. I call him the civilian goat, and I say that because I think he's the best film evaluator that has ever lived that didn't actually coach a team or work for a team or whatever, but um, it's the ultimate compliment coming from me. We are already on Thursday, by the way. That means tomorrow I'll have a new Spread the Word winner via social media it's very easy. I can't wait to send you. I even have Mike Mayock and Spiro Didi's press passes from that Lions-Rams game. Get one of them. It's awesome. Just reply to one of the live streams of the show on any of the platforms, at Ross Tucker Pod. On almost every platform, we post a live stream. Then sponsor confirmation email winner. Got some awesome sponsors always. DiGiorno and DoorDash, these are pretty easy for you to get to. How about West Shore Home? I'm a big fan of West Shore Home. I got my own landing page there, westshorehome.com slash Ross. And then the YouTube shout-out tomorrow. Speaking of shout-outs, Fred Lingad is our latest patron, patreon.com slash RT Media. We got like another 10 patrons after uh, the, the Even Money podcast this week. I think I know why. They want to see Steve's bets on the specific grade spreadsheet, which is amazing. Patreon.com slash RT Media. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg. Obviously, we're going to spend a lot of time on the four divisional round games. I'm beyond excited. But I do want to just find out what you thought of some of the wild card games, because I thought there were a bunch of very surprising results. Yeah. Let's start with Houston and Cleveland with the Texans lighting up that Jim Schwartz defense. And obviously Flacco 
had a couple of pick six. What did you see in that game? Yeah, I mean, that that was, you know, look, there, there's two ways you go about the playoffs on either side of the ball, but defense in particular. You stay with exactly what you've done all season because you feel, hey, this is our identity. This is what we do. We're good at it. Or you look at your opponent and you say, hey, I don't think we can play exactly the same, even though we've played this way all season, because we just don't feel we match up really well playing that way. Well, Cleveland did what they've done all season. They played high percentage man coverage. They played high percentage single high safety. And essentially, the the uh, pass game of the Texans ate them up and, uh, uh, you know, that's one of the main factors in that game is they just ate them up in their single high man coverage. And I'm not sure a lot of people might have expected that, but that's you know that was a major factor in that game. Wow, that's interesting. Um, and the, one did Houston I said that, change anything up? One reason, well, one reason I said that, because I know we want to get to the games this week, is because there were two other games in which defenses it took a totally different approach than what they had basically done during the season. And again, it's easy to say they shouldn't have done that. But Ross, you played, you know what it's like. Coaches spend a lot of time with this. You know, they know more than I do about their players, about the teams and the schemes. So Dallas, for instance, when they played Green Bay, Dallas had been the number one team in the NFL percentage-wise in playing cover one. That's man coverage with a single high safety. Well, Dan Quinn and staff clearly felt that they could not do that against the Packers. Um, and and quite frankly, I understood that because Gilmore has not been the same man coverage corner through the second half of this season, and Deron Bland is not a good man coverage corner. So they clearly felt that they couldn't match up man-to-man against those young Packers receivers, and they dropped their man percentage significantly in that game, and obviously we know what happened. It didn't work. On the other hand, Vic Fangio, who basically played, you know, a lot of cover four, you know, that's his thing, you know, the Van, the Fangio way. Well, he went blitz crazy against the uh, the uh, Chiefs. They played zero probably 12 to 15 times in that game. Remember, he had pass rushers that they just brought in off the street. So he went with a totally different approach. And I thought Mahomes played an absolutely phenomenal game mentally and physically. Really, the, the numbers might not reflect it the way we've seen him put up numbers throughout his career, but I thought he played extremely high-level football in that game. You know, um, as you know, I called that game, Greg, with Kevin Harlan in the booth. Oh, and that's right. It My was unbelievable. Kevin, yeah. Any obvious passing down, they were cover zero. They were all out blitz. Yeah. And on the one hand, Greg, I appreciated what he was doing because when they didn't do that, they got no pressure at all. Like no. the, the, the edge guys they brought in were not capable of getting pressure. And then they had three for two inside on Sealer and Wilkins. So they just weren't going to get pressure. No. Right. So what happened then is Fangio said, we're not going to get pressure straight rush and Mahomes going to kill us. So we're going to bring all out blitz. But unlike the Eagles, Greg, the Chiefs had a good plan for it and he knew it was coming. I, I feel like in the NFL, you can't do the same thing every time. And it felt like the Dolphins were doing the same thing every time. And making it easy for Mahomes to just throw it to Kelsey or throw it to Rasheed Rice, you know, and convert these third downs. Well, you know, 
teams that that handle blitz well versus teams that don't as you know Ross there's many factors involved you can't just point to one thing that's what people do um, but I will say this even teams where the the quarterback does not call protections which is the case with the Eagles by the way it's the case with the 49ers as well it's not a function you know there are a lot of coaches that don't believe the quarterback should handle all that stuff but even in situations like that, as you know, the quarterback has the ability to override the protection call if he sees something. Uh, because, you know, you played center, you took snaps at center, some, there are some things you just can't see. You know, you, you're, you're spending down over the ball, you know, if a safety 12, 13 yards away is, is a known blitzer, depending on your opponent, sometimes it's hard for you to recognize that. And Greg, there's a 340-pound guy five inches from your nose. Correct. So, right. It's not easy to see around him to right. see what's happening. Right. So, so you know, Mahomes is a master at that. That's an area Jalen Hurts has to improve. He has to improve having a better understanding of fronts and the pressures that come based on fronts and, and, and back-end looks, whereas Mahomes is a master at that. And, you know, they, they never... I don't want to say never. I can't remember every play, but they certainly did not with any meaningful you know uh percentage cause problems for either the protection or for Mahomes in that game when they win zero totally agree um can you talk to me a little bit about what you see from the Dolphins offense and the Chiefs defense Greg because obviously Chiefs defense playing really well but what why why is the Dolphins offense that so explosive all these yards just I mean all they got really was the Tyree kill deep ball yeah, I mean, look, I think, you know, I hate to use weather as, as quote-unquote an excuse, but I mean, you know, I think that it was in that game. Look, that's an offense. We all know what their offense is, Ross. It's, it, there's no surprise here. They're built on timing and rhythm. That's the way they play. When they can't play like that, they struggle a bit. And they need to be able to run the ball as part of what they do. Um you know, they played a defense that, because of Mahomes, who's obviously a great player, that defense with the Chiefs does not get the due that it deserves. That's one of the best defenses in the NFL. Spagnola does an unbelievable job. They've got really good players. He does a great job with schemes. There's a lot of late coverage rotation. There's a lot of different looks. Um, he presents a lot of problems for quarterbacks. Um, and, as I said, they can rush the quarterback. So now you're talking about pass rush pressure and tougher looks for the quarterback, looks that take longer to decipher. And you know how it is. You get about a second to decipher that as a quarterback when you take the snap. There's a ton of pre-snap disguise and and, and then late movement. Um, and they have players who can win one-on-one -on -one in pass rush. Um, and he uses his defensive backs maybe as well as any uh, defensive coordinator in the league as, as uh, blitzers. So there's a lot going on there with the Chiefs defense. And quite frankly, you know, the, the Dolphins, and I'm not going to put this all on Tua. I mean, Tua has a certain, he has a certain skill set and he has certain traits profile that he has to play somewhat to a certain way, but you do have to try to expand that this offseason because it's just, you know, you can't just play one way. And, you know, that's an organizational decision as well. You have to decide, can Tua go beyond that? If he can, then we need to do that. If not, then you have to figure out how you can complement that with the other things you do on the side of the ball. What jumped out to you, if anything, Greg, from the Rams and the Lions? Last of the wild card games I was curious about, because it was the only close one, 
before we get to the divisional round. Yeah, I mean, I just enjoyed watching that one because of the quarterback play. I think, you know, those are two quarterbacks that play the position, you know, really efficiently. They drop back. They get rid of the football. Really well-schemed passing games um, where the, the, the spacing of routes, the way uh, they they present clear, defined reads for the quarterback so that they can deliver the ball, the use of motion. The Rams did an unbelievable job with motion. Um you know, obviously they lost the game, but you know they had a really good read on how the Lions would play motion, and it turned and they had some success with that. Um, so you know, just watching those teams on offense with the pass games um, and how rhythmic then they can play, you know, that for me is is an enjoyable watch. You know what's enjoyable for me, in all sincerity, Greg um, Puka Nakua, like. Yeah. He is so tough and physical. He's physical. They, they, the way they insert their receivers as blockers, yeah. and Puka's like leading up on linebackers and blowing them up. Like, I was, I was really, really impressed. I mean, the more I watch football, the more please do some under center play action. Please. Uh, well, the, the For Lions, the love of, of God. course, they're playing this week, and maybe we can lead into, you know, starting this week, but. The Lions use under center play action at far and away the highest rate in the National Football League. Um, Goff, has, has, I think he has the most play action dropbacks in the league, and something like 90% of them, Ross, are from under center. Um, I personally am a big believer in under center play action. Maybe that is just a personal thing with me, but I think at some point, you know, you've got to put your quarterback under center and run play action. I think that has a much more dramatic effect on the defense and not just second level defenders. You know, one thing that's overlooked, you know this as an O lineman, if you run outside zone run action, okay, and, and you, you do it really well, what does the defensive line do as their initial reaction? They move laterally. They're not moving vertically to the quarterback. So it gives you a little more time in pass protection. You know, and, and, and obviously, if you want to throw intermediate and intermediate to deeper routes, those routes take a little longer, so you need that extra second. But everybody just thinks, oh, though, it, it holds linebackers. Well, it also impacts the defensive line. Absolutely correct, Greg. Just like it's correct that if you're feeling good, about your squad but not sure what to eat this weekend, make it easy on yourself. Order in on DoorDash. Now you can root for your bets or your picks while your food and drinks are on the way. That means burgers, chips, dips, soda, pizza, wings, so much more delivered straight to your door. Let's start with that Lions-Bucks game, Greg, just because we were just talking Lions. Your thoughts on uh, Lions-Bucks. What jumps out to you in that one? Well, they played week six, and that was a game where the Lions played a lot in 12 personnel, meaning one back and two tight ends, and that's something they're very, very good at. And normally, and you, this, is, this is one of those things we just don't know, normally uh, Todd Bowles will not have a high pressure rate when he's playing in his base defense, okay? Now, he did that against the Eagles. That could have been very specific to the Eagles because we know the Eagles really struggled with blitz pickup and, and understanding throughout the last part of the season. But in that game, week six, at a 12 personnel, Goff and the Lions pass game was very, very efficient. Um, and they caused a lot of problems for the Bucks defense. So that's one area I'm really looking at in this game. Will the Lions stay with 12? Um, I think the play action part of that, they, they were a big first down play action pass team at a 12 personnel in that week six matchup against the Bucks. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Um, let's go to the, my game which is Saturday, 
It's the Texans against the Ravens. This will be interesting, Greg. Bobby Slowick against Mike McDonald is probably one of the the marquee matchups there. Yeah, this game's fascinating because, you know, the Ravens' defense is really good. Now, for people who don't follow them, you know, they might think, oh, they blitz a lot because Wink Martindale did that prior to McDonald being there. They were a heavy blitz team. But he, he's not a high-percentage blitzer. He's a very selective blitzer, and he's, they're very, very good at it. Um, but I think this is a really good defense with a lot of really good players that maybe aren't well-known. Justin Matabuke is a terrific interior defensive lineman, who, by the way, at times will line up as a wide 9DN and has shown the ability to rush the quarterback from outside. Um, and Clowney's had his far and away his best year in the league. Kyle Van Noy, I mean, how old is he, Ross? Is Kyle Van Noy 50? It seems like he's been playing forever, and he's still really, really good. Um, and they use him as an edge pass rusher as well. But I personally, from film study, and I think I've watched every one of their defensive games this year because I enjoy watching them, I would say that the three most important players on their defense are the two linebackers, Queen and Smith, and the safety, Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton is a multi-dimensional player, and I know you've probably studied this because you're doing the game. He's essentially their slot corner. Um, now, every once in a while, they'll go to a more conventional you know, nickel, and they'll play Arthur Merlette. But for the most part, Kyle Hamilton is their slot corner, as well as being a safety. He moves around. Um, he can blitz really well. He's physical. He has range on the back end. He's a really dynamic player, and, he, he, and I think he's... He's one of the big keys to what they can do on the defensive side of the ball. And he'll be critical in this game. You know, I think um, we don't talk enough about length Ah, and size. And nickelbacks are usually little. So I think his size on some of those quick passes and some of the routes they want to throw, whether it's zone or man, he's got long arms. It just presents... It's just a little bit of a different deal than I think quarterbacks are used to looking at when they, they're looking at that spot. It makes a difference. Yeah, and, and one other player worth mentioning is Nico Collins. You talk about size and length, and you know he can run away from man coverage. We talked about how they ate up the Browns this week, um, but, but going back to basically this season, he can run away from man coverage. Now, the, the, the Ravens are not necessarily one of the highest percentage man coverage teams in the league, but they will play man, obviously. Um, and he just has that size and that stride length. They run him on a lot of crossing routes, and he runs away from man coverage. What about the Niners and the Packers well, Saturday night, Greg? That's really a fascinating game. In, in some ways, they're mirror images on offense, teams that feature motion. You have two of the top three or four teams in the league in terms of deployment of motion, how often they run motion percentage-wise. Um, Obviously, the Niners, even though we spend a lot of time deservedly so talking about Purdy, they're still founded on the run game. Um, and just one, one thing in, in researching this week, which really surprised me, um, they have the high, they run the ball better out of 11 personnel. Everybody thinks 21 personnel with use check. They run the ball better out of 11 personnel with three wide receivers than any team in the league. Okay, McCaffrey has the highest yards per carry average in 11 personnel and meaningful carries. I'm not talking he has 10 or 12 carries. Meaningful carries. And 
and one of the reasons is their wide receivers. You mentioned that with the Rams. Their wide receivers are outstanding blockers and allow them, you know, obviously you think first level, second level is mostly O-linemen and, and tight ends blocking. They, their um, wide receivers really open things up at the third level with their ability to block corners and safeties. Um, so their run game, I'm anxious to see their run game because I actually think the Packers have a very good front, Ross. They've struggled at times this year in the secondary because of injuries and playing a lot of players they didn't anticipate playing. But I think their front's pretty good. What about the Bills and the Chiefs, uh, Greg? Sunday night, they've played 5,000 times over the last five years. I know. This one's in Buffalo. You know, I think one of the big things, obviously everybody's going to focus on Allen Mahomes, and, and, and deservedly so. I mean, two great quarterbacks, you know. Um, but the Bills are now really beat up on defense, and you and I are speaking on a Thursday I don't know who they're going to be able to put out there with all their injuries. Um, they're going to be playing with a lot of backups on defense, and Sean McDermott and that staff have done an unbelievable job of, of kind of mixing and matching and playing really good defense over the course of a season. But, you know, you start getting deeper on the depth chart, and, you know, it just becomes harder. Um, so, you know, we'll see. But, uh, you know, that's going to be a big factor in the game. Um, you know, I think you're dealing with two teams that have shifted a little bit. I mean, it's still Mahomes and Allen. I don't. I, let's put it this way: I, I think those guys are going to have to play well for their teams to win. They can't play badly. But both teams have become a little bit of, of, of more reliant on a run game. You know, Pacheco is a fun guy to watch. They're really good in the gap scheme run game because he just gets downhill and he's angry. Um, and even the Bills with Cook, um, I know they just cut four net, but, uh, you know, they've gotten good snaps from Ty Johnson. And, and he's a really interesting player. I remember doing him coming out of Maryland four or five years ago, and he was actually an intriguing player. He's just not a big guy, but if you use him the way they've been using him as a compliment, he's got some juice to him. He absolutely does. Greg, you bring the juice every week, and I love it. Check him out on social media, at Greg Cosell. I got five or six clips for social media, so you got to follow at Ross Tucker Pod, and I'll retweet him at Ross Tucker NFL. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. Greg is so good. He is like the West Shore home of football analysts. If you haven't already, go to westshorehome.com slash Ross. First of all, you'll see me with the guys that came over to do the new bathtubs and shower um, last year. Then you'll also get a chance to see the before and after pictures. But guess what's coming in less than two weeks? We're getting a new front door a new entryway, which is awesome. Uh, I didn't even realize till recently that they did that at West Shore Home. Fantastic. My wife's been asking for that for years. WestShoreHome.com slash Ross. Make sure you check it out because then we'll have the before pictures of the, of the door project. We'll have the after pictures. Going to be epic. It's really a good thing, guys, to make your wives happy. Let me just tell you, happy wife, happy life. WestShoreHome.com slash Ross. Tux takes. All right, Ross. Dallas is retaining Mike McCarthy for the final year of his contract in 2024. I think that's a little surprising to some people, but they did win 12 games three years in a row. And the biggest issue in the playoff game against the Packers was the defense. And he trusted Dan Quinn. And Dan Quinn, you heard Greg talk about it, got lit up. 
I mean, that, that's what happened. That's what happened in the game. Dan Quinn's strategy change up did not work against the Packers. Jordan Love lit them up. I I usually say this, Jack. When it's close, I lean towards continuity as opposed to change. And maybe that's to a fault, but I would rather give continuity one more chance if I could go either way on something. Browns fire offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt, running back coach Stump Mitchell, and a few others. That is interesting because... Alex Van Pelt does not call the plays. Kevin Stefanski calls the plays in Cleveland. So I don't know what Alex Van Pelt did or didn't do that they felt like they needed to move on from him. But I'd be curious to see what offensive coordinator candidates they get because most OCs are going to want to call the plays, right? They want to call the plays, show what they can do so they can become a head coach somewhere else. So... I don't know what the deal is there. I do know that whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a Watts party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, perfect squad, perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno classic crust pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese sauce and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno classic crust pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. The Falcons, they interview head coach, or Bill Belichick and Jim Harbaugh for their head coaching job. It's just wild even to see that, isn't it? Especially Bill Belichick. Like, Bill Belichick interviewing for a job is just wild. Uh, But listen, he wants one. He wants one bad. And he doesn't know how many he's going to get offered. He wants to break that record. He needs a job. Maybe the greatest coach of all time. I don't think so, but a lot of people do. He needs and wants a job. And it seems very clear with the Falcons interviewing Belichick and Jim Harbaugh. All the reports are are that Arthur Blank is going big game hunting or big name hunting, I guess maybe the case might be. And so uh, that is clearly what what Arthur Blank is going for. It's just wild. Like, I think it's not an interview as much as like a conversation, right? It's not like, so why do you think you deserve this job, Bill? I don't know. I won six Super Bowls, you jerk, (laughs) including (laughs) against your team. Texas side wide receiver Demir Bird and promote wide receiver Steven Sims from the practice squad. Well, that's because Noah Brown went on IR, so they need to bring in some reinforcements at wide receiver. Pump for a picks Friday. I think we're done here. Thanks for tuning in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also check out Even Money, Fantasy Feast, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network on Samsung TV+, Plus, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Shout out MyFrontPageStory.com, the best gift you could ever, 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 ever give any loved one. If you guys haven't at least checked it out, Please do. MyFrontPageStory.com. You got BackOfficeSchedule.com, SteakhouseSports.com, HumanHeadNYC.com, Sportaculture, Pizza Boy Brewing.